Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. Oh. Yes, it is us. Oh. 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 Our first episode of 2020, and we are going to start off... 2021. 2021. They all look the same now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to do that same bullshit. New year, new crew. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. After six-month hiatus, we're going to give you... The moniker... Oh, I, uh, it's been so long that <laughs> you actually had to tell me your name. <laughs> I know. Wow. That's what happens when you get scheduled on Saturdays and your boss confuses you for a morning person. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're going to go back into uh, <laughs> tried and true game stuffs. Dungeons and Dragons, World of Darkness, Rifts, Cinnabar, yeah. Amber, Rollmaster, GURPS, and a lesser known game, Bunnies and Burrows. Bunnies and Burrows. And of course, to speak about this topic, we also have our almost permanent guest now. Havoc, naturally. I just thank you guys for this opportunity. Hey, no worries, man. It's not an opportunity. This is a fucking. This is supposed to be your punishment. That's what your caseworker said. <laughs> See, let's not talk about that. We have a wild under intern, you know. Oh, intern status? Yikes. Hey, <laughs> you went from guest to intern? Right on. Okay, and we have... Kazakhan, the Lord Dragon. Hey, at least you're not getting nut-checked every five minutes. Talk to the moniker about that. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to go through the same initiation. And... I, the Game Goblin, Uh-oh. have a gift for all of you to initiate this new year of our podcast. Is it Liquor and Horse? Because here soon, in February, it will be... The start of season. The start of season five. All right. Oh, five <laughs> fucking seasons. So before we get into the two... Into the topic today. Yes, before we get into today's topic of role-playing shenanigans, I have gotten a gift for all of you. There's one for you, Blasphemous. <laughs> one for you, Monica, or uh, Kazrakan. One for you, Monica. Yeah, boy. One for the new guy over Thank here. You. And I got one for myself. But I figured I should give everybody a participation trophy <laughs> as a backhanded compliment. This is <laughs> I fucking love this. <laughs> all right, so now we all need to bring these with us every time we show up. That way we can do a toast. Yes. <laughs> Punishment shots as this well. Is, this is when we have to do like a, a shot to somebody who does something stupid in the world of gaming. All right, so <laughs> all right, so this is established now. So in that route, are we going to go Everclear and spend a little money to make it a real punishment, or are we going to go the other route, which would be equally as funny, and get like seven dollar vodka? I figure if it's in a plastic bottle, it's worth it. No, our right, seven dollar vodka it is. What's I'll, I'll just buy a bottle of Klein McGregor Scotch. Fuck hey, you! <laughs> <laughs> I've got a better idea, huh? It's even cheaper. It's even worse. Prison wine. No. Alright. Fish, fish juice. No. That no. most Asian oh, no. cooking implement. No. Fish juice. I, I thought we no. got rid of the juice of shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. The juice of shame. Yes. So today's episode, now that everybody has their trophies, one guy for just showing up, the <laughs> other guys for being uh, with this project for god awful long time. Oopa! And I know how much you guys love participation trophies. We've had many a good episode about participation trophies. This one says, mine says, best DM. Oh, wait. <laughs> I think you got the wrong goblin. What? Why did you give yours? It's a participation trophy. I'm best DM. Why does mine say best foreigner? Best foreigner. <laughs> oh, damn it. I didn't know I had competition. Elven supremacist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, knife ears. Uh, let me get Elf Heil or something here. <laughs> um, wow, you guys got names? I just got FNG. <laughs> we always need one. I think I passed these out in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, today's topic uh, going into 2021. We are going to say goodbye to last year. By hosting an episode about demons and demonology and devils. 
our favorite bad guys in D&D to show up and really screw a game to sideways. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. To screw to oblivion, to infernium and beyond. Lovely. And I would have to say there's nothing like the priceless look on players' faces when they spring a magical trap yeah. <laughs> and a Baylor pops out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, surprise, Baylor! <laughs> Roll initiative! We're only level five! You Have were fun. level five! Yeah, hey, if you survive, you'll be more than level five today. If you survive, you'll be a higher level. But if you don't, you'll be level one. <laughs> Welcome to the card I, I zone. Can, I can guarantee maybe one survive. But if that, that player survives, yeah. Not level, not higher level. Everyone hey, else level one. If that one player survives, he's going to end up with his fucking guts from Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had one player survive. Actually, a magical trap. I did that, okay? The setup was there was 13 pillars All right. around the central spire. Uh-huh. And the spire itself was more like an obelisk that you would find basically like a Warhammer uh, 40k setting. Okay, like a Necron sort of deal? Kind of like a Necron sort of deal. Okay. And it had all this weird writing on it, of course, that needs to be translated. Okay. And needs should be in quotations here. <laughs> because the actual language was written... Partially in Infernal and partially in the language of madness. Hmm. Basically, the god of madness itself had sealed up a demon in this place and just forgot about it. As you do. As you do. And the pillars surrounding the obelisk were about 100 feet out in a circular pattern, but there was 13 of them. 13 should be an indication of diabolical stuff. So there's my my not-so-subtle hint. Two players stand outside the perimeter of plinths, basically. Yeah. While two of them go to examine the obelisk. Okay. So the black guard and the monk approach the obelisk, leaving the bard and the cleric behind. Uh-oh. Don't you know? You never split the party. <laughs> okay, well, don't you know you never split the party, but you also don't split it when you have two tanks on one side and two healers on the other. Exactly. <laughs> the Shadow Knight, or I, I should say the Black Guard, Shadow Knight, whatever, anti-paladin, in their infinite wisdom, decided to read the writing. Oopsies. You know, Oopsies. Someone done Grolef, Grokshnard, Blitzblock, Split Splat, Splish Splash taking a bath, is sealed up here. Do not read this tube. Because, of course, this is God of Madness. He's going to write, write the warning not to read shit in writing. <laughs> no, someone does, understands and stops. Well, well, they read it, and, of course, the obelisk breaks, and the secondary perimeter defense kicks on. Okay. So now there's, a, like, a force field between two of the players, two of the other players, and a Baylor. <laughs> he just shows up, and their faces were like, oh, my God. And they start trying to run away, and then they realize... There's a prismatic wall between them and their healers. Oops. Don't just you say that never swimmingly funny. <laughs> I believe it was Rorschach who said, Don't you know, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. That was the case. <laughs> yup. And I, I tell this story because, number one, 2020 was a hell of a year. And I, I guess this is like the, the one creature that describes it the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is our... Uh, uh, madness Trap t- Baylor. Yeah, that sounds right. Madness Trap Baylor. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm behind it. But using... The demons, God of Order was out doing the fish stick somewhere. He's out doing the fish stick? <laughs> the delicate state of mind. <laughs> uh, Baylors and demons and devils and all of this other fun stuff and inevitables and, and controvertibles and all the other neat stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tickle the dragon's nipple. <laughs> Do dragons have nipples? No. Probably not. They don't nurse their young. Ah, okay. Rep- then but, I've been on some other wrong ends of the internet side. What, did did Kaz tell you how to milk the dragon? No. <laughs> nice. But I once had a dragon squ- uh, squirt uh, boob milk at me, and I had to make a save versus breast weapon. <laughs> I, 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 I need to bring something up from about a year ago. I hmm. finally did it and looked up uh, Devorah Rule 34. Gents, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I lost 20 minutes and lots of dignity and faith in myself. 
Okay, we can move on. We, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are really making a call back to an older episode right there. Yeah, we are. It's like our Mortal Kombat episode. It was our Mortal Kombat episode, which I'm still playing because I like that game. I'm wow. sorry. <laughs> uh, but Demons and Devils in the role-playing game, though, are a... Unlike Faye, which was last week's episode... I'm sorry I missed that one. I yeah, well, you have a job. I do. Yeah. Germ. Germ. But Demons and Devils and all that are not mischievous... You know, poke, ha-ha, funny, and evil shenanigans. When a devil plays a joke, it's, uh... It's country star bleeding. Yeah. He's in it to win it. <laughs> He's in it to win it. There may be some anal hemorrhaging going on afterwards. <laughs> it's a Tarantino. Full-on Tarantino. Yeah, it's a Tarantino movie. Or a Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh, boy. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. But not the shitty Hellboy movie. Oh, God. The one. The one. Oh. So how do you guys? I mean, you, we got what? Other GMs in here. I know you're a GM. You're a GM. You're a guy in a t-shirt. <laughs> no, that's me. You're the moniker. I, I'm the moniker. <laughs> <laughs> Named up. Guy in a t-shirt. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. tell who's got status. <laughs> <laughs> the moniker was supposed to be a GM starting 2020, and of course we all know how this year, last year went. Fucking damn it. This year was <laughs> bad for planning. <sighs> yeah. Amen yeah. to that. Right. Yeah. So how do you guys run demons in your games? Mm. So I think we should first bring up the demons versus devils. Because there, there is a lot of overlap, but there's a lot of significant differences that need to be discussed. Well, in D&D lore, it's pretty easy. Demons are the bad guys. Devils are the bad guys. I think that about sums it up. Except for the fact that demons are more bent on the chaotic side. You know, do as thou wilt. Uh, philosophy of just... Might makes right, power, glory, kill, slaughter. Bathe in the blood of your enemies. Bathe in the blood of your enemies. Blood for the blood god. Skulls or... for the skull throne. Yeah. No. Let the galaxy Skulls from my pasta. Skulls. They're on the chaotic side. <laughs> While devils are the ones who are like, I've got a fantastic deal for you. It shakes, it bakes, it slices, it dices, but wait, there's more. Sign this contract and sign over your soul, and we will give you a free kingdom on top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Order now. It only costs nothing but your firstborn child. Ha-ha. <laughs> what a steal for a kingdom. Hey, here's an important little question for you guys. How do you guys spell demons? Do you guys spell it um, D-E-M-O-N or D-E-A-M-O-N? So, I spell a demon, not Damon. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a problem I have with the alternate spelling of it. Whenever I read it, I think of Infernal Matt Damon. Matt <laughs> <laughs> Damon. So I just go straight with the demon because it's shorter, it's easier, and doesn't remind me of Matt Damon. Let's it's have a round of applause for Matt for Matt Damon. Let's let's go. Come on. Hi, hi, hi. All right. <laughs> Great cameo in Deadpool too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. When I see the demon versus Damon, yeah, I see computer programs because in the, like the cyberpunk genres, uh -huh. a daemon is a pseudo-intelligent computer program designed to break shit. Hmm. Yeah, like a mailer daemon. Okay. Yeah. It always sends me spam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. replies to my emails going, this email cannot be sent. Stuff like that. Or, you know, I mean, just find all the security cameras and turn them off. Or fry them. Or explode them. Okay. And if you it's know. a mailer daemon... Then I am unplugging my computer and tossing the motherfucker out of a high window. <laughs> because next thing I know, my roommate might have his head spinning around and he's vomiting up black tar heroin and split pea soup. Really, it comes down to which one uses holy water for loop because it burns. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, from my point of view, when I run either one in games, of course the... Baylor incident was just straight up aggression. There was no talky talky. <laughs> Demons are more like that. They're Demons more, are more like that. They are more fist makes first. They, they are more fist makes right. They are over in your face, straight up. Except for some of them that they have in the lore of D and D, like the uh, I can't remember their name, but they have like uh, fly heads, basically. And they dress really immaculately, and as long as you are really polite and you don't say anything about how ugly they are. 
they are great to be around. Hmm. Totally changed. As people. far as demons go, they're great to be around. But yeah. if you go, hey, you know, your antenna is kind of crooked, or goddamn, you're ugly. You're fucked. They lose their shit. Demons also tend to be on the more S&M side, uh, the pinhead side of visuals, with the flayed skin or brackish uh, kind of colors to their exterior hull, their skin, their scales. Whereas... Devils tend to be more refined, more interested in how they appear and approach people. They're more dignified, regal, yeah. and manipulative. They will still fuck you up, but it takes a while to get there. Yeah. And what about oh. imps? imps? Well, there's also imps and methods, which is basically the same same idea for the devil versus demon side. Mm -hmm. imps but they're, they're always seen as the lessers, the smallers. They're the they're ones that put a, a fucking pebble in your shoe just to give you a bad day. Yeah, they're, they're like babies. Can you put this into... Oh, go ahead. They're, they're more of the... Um, basically, I'd say... I don't want to call them pets, but... They make great familiars. It, 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 it's it's not the familiar aspect. Like a greater demon will not look will look down on an imp and basically cast it aside like, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Like you, you're just cannon fodder to it. They're kobolds to dragons. Yes, exactly. Or um, if I can put this in terms that the monitor can understand, uh, garrots to regular orc boys. Sure. Okay. Just kind of in the way, but they can still do some shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they typically like have the maturity level of say a post pubescent teenager. I mean, don't we all? Yeah, but this is a post-pubescent teenager with, like, the capability of summoning its big brother who can, like, I don't know, rip your horse <laughs> in half with one pole. My dad's better than your dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would do it. That, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you can kick my ass, but can you kick his? My demon lord's better than your demon lord. <laughs> Throwing sand at each other on the playground kind of thing. Uh, you only live on the third circle of hell. I'm down in the fifth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imps and methods. Imps are more like this. Methods are a little bit more on the refined side. Again, they're devils. Yeah, again, or, they're devils, yeah. Okay. So, they're a little bit more eloquent in the way they do it. Oh, so oh, ha, ha, you are a plebeian, forsooth, and and shit like that. Ah, they're more fancy. So that the one who spawned you can beat up the one who spawned me. Well, let's take a bet. Okay, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Let's get some odds. Bring some friends in here. Yes. And would you mind signing this? It's not a contract with dick fingers, you know, not, no quotation marks here. It's just a... Uh, a the rules of a friendly the, wager. It's the rules of a friendly wager in a death and dismemberment form. It's, the first uh, it's only at the cost of the first match, right? Correct? That's right. It makes me think of... Uh, did you guys ever play the Twisted Metal series? Nope. Yes. yes. You, you yes. remember Calypso? The yeah. Man yeah, yeah, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, well, it, it's funny because that, that's the way you look at them, but... Most people think that, oh, this demon is just this and it's this forever, when yeah. the way I try to do it, because I haven't really brought them up in game, because in my world they're pretty well sealed away up to certain storyline point, but those are all just ranks. Think about it, you got just a, a, a demon that's small beans, fucking, he annoys people, and then as they start to mature in power and everything, they start to move up the ranks until you end up with god-eaters, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, things that can actually do some pretty heavy-duty stuff where a demon can, simply by how its power is concentrated and over the length of time it exists, can move up and can go either the super flay everyone's back the moment I walk into a room, or the super dapper fucking deal-maker, depending on how they're uh, chaotic and evil energies play with each other. Yeah, wh whichever one is more dominant and how potent they are. You know, I, each, you know, it, it kind of brings up that you're describing demon lords mm -hmm. in particular. Because demon lords are more, they're <laughs> the long-term chaos. They're the ones who are like, hey, there's this country that's building up. It's going to be something in like five or six years. Five Let's, or six hundred years. Some of them, yes. Five or six hundred years. Let's give them a rival. Because fuck them. Scarbrand hates minor inconveniences. <laughs> <laughs> so the well, demon lords are still playing for that chaos, but they're playing the long term. They've moved from reactionary chaos to planned chaos. Or plotted chaos. Plotted. They don't exactly mind. plan. They just kind of go, we'll toss some noodles on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah. This might work. Yeah. It might Later work. on. 
Yeah. Of know. course, the only reason that they're arch nemesis, the devils, are the ones who are like, you know, still as arch nemesis and the devils haven't won the war between the two sides in Dungeons and Dragons lore. Yeah. Is because it's, demons it's... are typically stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just physical scale. On a physical scale, but mentally they're just they're a little bit slow. They're a little bit behind. They don't exactly have good long-term strategic planning analysis. Punch first, ask questions while punching? Exactly. If that. You know, I got, I got a question for you guys, as someone who's not very familiar with D&D lore. So, when most people think of demons, at least where we live, most people think of, you know, uh, the Western idea of what a demon or a devil is. You know, red skin, horns, uh, forked tail, and all that. Um... But, you know, there's lots of other types of demons if you look at other cultures and things around the world. Oh, yeah. Is there anything in D&D, um, like, that is, that's still classified as, like, a demon or infernal, but not, like, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah um, there's Oni. There's Rokshasa. Okay. Yeah, I was actually going to bring, bring oh, up the Rokshasa. There's Davis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they dip and dive into almost every major uh, culture by adding them into, especially the sixth Pathfinder, um... Oh yeah, bestiary. Yep. That one, which is literally in. all infernal and demon stuff. Yeah, it was it was interesting. The reason I wonder is because um, you brought up the uh, Rakshas there, uh, Rakshasa, Rakshasa there, blasphemous because last year, race. Yeah, I was reading the Ramayana, and it's a really interesting take because in the Ramayana, you know, kind of one of the epics of India, the Rakshasa they were still called demons, and that's what it translates. But it's not like you know they're these. Um, it's not like a biblical demon. You know, they're not fallen angels, powers of hell, and all that. It's literally, they're a separate entity, and their only, like, real bad thing is, they eat people. Like, they're not inherently evil. They're, they're just almost like, hey, almost weird, like, negative humans with cannibalistic tendencies. Yeah. And it's weird. It's, it's, it's an what interesting it? concept. Uh, In a way, dry like, cream. right? Dry cream? What about them? Because they, uh, you you were discussing how they how elf is a delicacy. Yeah, but Thrycreen are just insect people with psionics. Okay. The, the the same concept applies though, right? People dislike Thrycreen and demons, at least as they're portrayed as you're describing them. Yeah. For the same reason, I don't want to get it. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. And there's, I, I know I went on trust uh, last week's episode about you know trust issues, but yeah. I would think that. There is no higher and greater display of trust than two cannibals participating in oral sex. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I'm just saying. And somewhere, there's a devil or a demon taking bets. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the kind of stuff they would find entertaining. Fuck. If somebody would tell a joke just like that, and some dark, badass mofo would be like, that's pretty funny, but I wonder, what would the outcome be? (laughs) Place your bets. Place your bets. We'll set this up. It totally reminds you, did you guys ever watch the Eric Andre show? No. In the most, well, you guys know it's kind of like a Tom Green, like, you know, just, uh, like, almost like cringe reactionary comedy. There's a part where his guest, you know, they're doing the talk show, and then just two U.S. uh, soldiers just drop from the ceiling. And they're like on like uh, what was it like wires to hang them, and they're like sixty nine each other. And the guest is like, "What the hell is that?" Seal Team sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's my little aside. There's your little aside. Thank you. I think what separates demons, devils, devas, div, Jim Hadar, uh, Janny, Jin, Whatever the hell, it, you know, whatever name that is attributed in, in the game that you're playing. Up what? Whoa! <laughs> Dude! Whoa! Whoa! Even just about a jest. That's harsh. Are you trying to get us fucking destroyed? <laughs> it's the first of fucking, like, the first episode of 2021. You really want to start us there? Yeah. You just came back, and you dropped that as a bomb. When the bitch gets back. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Wow. I'm going to get us the MC. Well, whatever you call. <laughs> the bad guy in your game that's from the regions of hell. There's a there's a few rules you need to have, and one of them is they have to be blatantly malevolent towards mortals, not just humans, but all mortals. Elves qualify. They're elves qualify. live mortals, but they're mortals. Well, most of the infernal beings are quasi immortal. They can be killed through you know means. combat. 
combat. But they're not going to die of old age. They're not going to die of old age, true. <laughs> uh, but yes, they are openly and blatantly malevolent towards everybody. everybody. It, it walks on the green earth? Fuck you. I can't do that, so fuck you. They're so ancient, they believe themselves superior. Much like the way elves believe themselves superior to humans and goblins, devils and demons are like, well, they're just mortals. They're playthings. With their short, tidy, ant-like lifespan. <laughs> and their pointy ears. Oh, no! <laughs> but then comes the question. The one question for all of you, and maybe even our listeners. Oh, no. Because this is going to be the difficult, the, the hard question. Hard. Oh, yeah. Hard oh. question. Why do they need souls? Uh-huh. Can, can, I, can I take a stab? Can I take a stab? Take a stab. Okay, because I'm going to go back to the kind of the Western idea. Well, you and I are both Catholics. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the former Catholics, I guess you should. Non-practicing. Yeah, well, non-practicing. Non-practicing. Um, and kind of in a lot of gamers, you know, a lot of Westerners, the idea of demons goes back to that kind of biblical, you know, Christian, What a, what, what is a demon, right? And if you look at, like, what those demons are, they're fallen angels, and angels have souls. They're different from human souls, but they're still souls nonetheless that have been corrupted. So yeah, I, so they're dark so, souls. So I, yeah, 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 pretty. And then you died, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're dark souls, you know. So it's like, I, I, I think it's almost just kind of a given. Like it's you know, when a lot of writers are thinking of demons, they don't even really consider it doesn't need a soul, so it's just. The way it is. I mean, what I think is an interesting one is, uh... You can correct me on this, but... Havoc. Havoc. Oh, Havoc. That's twice. Yeah. Fuck. I'm sorry, I wasn't aware. It's fine. Havoc. You can correct me on this. Havoc. Um, (laughs) But in Warhammer, demons, you know, I think they don't have souls, because what... uh, No, they do, because what they are is their reflections of the negative and malignant desires, whims, emotions of mortals in real space. So it's like the... um, A dark mirror. A dark mirror, exactly. And so when you kill a demon, quote, quote, in the material realm, shots, 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 shots. Yeah, yeah. uh, You don't actually kill it. You You just just send its soul. You just pretty much boot it back to its own realm where it can, you know, be even more bitter. (laughs) Well... The other option, there is an argument that says that demons do have souls. And like, you know, angel folk and other mortal races and, you know, most other things, they have a different type of soul. An animal yeah. soul is different than a human soul. It is different than an angel soul. It's different than an elf. Right? Sorry, Emily. All dogs don't go to heaven. Right? <laughs> Shit like that. But at the same token... They use, so the idea is that some of them, you know, they view us so, they view mortals so insignificantly, they are, after all, the superior beings, right? We were here before them, we will be here after them, and they're just piddling around with a, you know, a nasty lifespan. Yeah, you know, it's... So they're currency. Yeah, it's not to make more Dark Souls connections, but it's like, you know, um... You know, it's like souls literally have a density to them. So that's why, you know, a lot of mortal souls, you collect them because they're not worth much. But the more you collect and the bigger the uh, entity you slay, the more dense, therefore, the more valuable its soul is. All right, so you guys are going on the uh, aspect that souls are like Dogecoin. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. In in some regards, yes. Now, up until the advent of 3.0 that came out around the year 2000... Back in the year 2000! Back in the year 2000! Which would... Fuck! I remember when we thought that was the future! I don't remember If I only knew! I don't have a flying car yet, goddammit! I don't even have a hovering skateboard. Uh, The advent of 3.0 kind of brought in a new thing that really wasn't extrapolated on or touched at all. Half-demons. They brought in the templates of half... Because, uh, of course, before that you had Asimar and Tieflings, but they never really described anything beyond that. Like, Tieflings are based from the union of demonic sources with Plus mortals. mortals. 
Same with or the Asimar. But then they brought in straight up half races and templates for the stuff. Oh, God. And half that got, dragons. And half dragons. <laughs> and yeah. Genasi and all sorts of other stuff. And apparently, all my Greyhawk books got thrown in a dumpster because they were no longer relevant because a new edition had come out. Screw you, Hasbro. Anyway, <laughs> I got thinking about it. Nowhere in any of the books that I'd previously read then, and even up until now, does it explicitly say, and I can be corrected on this one at any time, please do, if you find it, but nowhere does it implicitly say demons can mate with other demons and have little demon babies. Devils, you know, they have relationships. Yeah. You know, they show pictures of, like, demon lords who have a little boom-boom time. Yeah, or they show Incubus, Cel- Incubus. Oh yeah, Incubus and Succubus having a, a good boom boom time. They show Celestials having celestial relationships. They're more a bit uh, monogamous about it, or just celibate in general. Yeah. So they don't really replenish their numbers. But both sides, whether it's Infernal or Celestial, is always after this like overwhelming goal to collect souls. And if the Legions of Hell are Im- uh, infinite and always growing, but they never reproduce, then the only conclusion I can come from is they collect souls from the mortal realm and go through a process of torturing and destroying and berating and just decimating whoever the humanity is of that soul. Yeah. Until it transforms into a new... The new warrior. I like that. So, going along that corruption line, there, there's two ways to take that, because... There's one, and I can't remember where it's from, but I know a certain person who was originally supposed to be part of this that we do not talk about anymore. We, we do not talk about it. Uh, not it. So, the idea of all lesser demons are simply made from the feathers of the greater devil Lucifer character. So they came down and they couldn't make anything new, but they could take bits of themselves and project into them. So the smaller, worse the feather was, the lesser of a demon or imp or anything it would be, the finer and larger the feather, the more of an arch demon it was. So therefore, it's a manipulation of existing matter instead of true creation. Unfortunately, the counterbalance of this with the Celestials, the same logic really wouldn't hold water. Yeah, it wouldn't. But It's an interesting the, idea. Though. It is. Yeah, but the way I looked at it was... If they're taking souls to corrupt them, to turn them into greater legions, then that uh, I view it more of they're trying to get all these souls because they're a food source. Which you could... Because think about it, there's it. A, a worship and all that feeds the greater beings because it, it all distills down into an actual... Energy source. Energy source for them to consume. Yeah, it's not But if you torture a soul... Faith transfers into gods. Yeah. yeah. It makes them more powerful, the more faithful they have. So, if you torture, you get a lesser version, right? You're, you're getting... Um, you're not crushing the grapes to create a wine. You're merely uh, destroying the vines to leach the liquid out. Yeah. That's so, a haunting analogy, yeah. I gotta say. It is. <laughs> and it does kind of bring up an interesting point in that... You know, now you've got the legions of hell, which is going for quantity over mm-hmm. quality. So there's less angels, but damn, are they kick ass! Yeah. yeah. So they and have a better fuel source. You know, they, they have the more it's, refined stuff. It's a difference the between the bottom. Uh, jet fuel and running crude oil through your engine. You know, and unfortunately, the mortal plane in which these two horrifying ultimately cosmic entities clash together is the steel beams. Mm. <laughs> I was wondering when it was coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm started. <laughs> I'm no longer in aerospace. I can do this now. There you go. And I may not be there much longer anyways. But but still, it, it's the difference of you... There's a refinement process that takes a whole bunch of something and gives you very little. It's like pulling potassium out of bananas, right? Uh-huh. You start with 100 pounds of bananas, you end up with a couple ounces at best of um, potassium. Actually, there was a video I watched that just the other day. I know, right? The guy refined them? Yeah. From like, 10K. No, it was 30K. Was it 30K? It was 30, uh, 30 uh, kilograms of bananas that he refined down to basically 
enough potassium to fill inside of your participation trophy. No, it was smaller than that because his tiny banana he made out of pure potassium yeah. was small. But yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things you either go for the super finite, really, really good bits, or you end up just chucking a whole bunch of stuff and it's filler mostly. So on a cosmic religious level, the difference is quantity versus quality. True. Okay. And freely given versus otherwise. Because think about it. It's cool to harvest, you know, like pine nuts from a tree. But if you have to cut the tree down to get it, you're not getting any more pine nuts for a long ass time. Yeah. And obviously the devils are attracting at least the somewhat relatively smarter people. So they're getting... Through the contracts, deals, and negotiations, promises of power, servitude, whereas demons just will beat you. Hey, look, little... soul. <laughs> you want power now, I will grant you power now to accomplish your task now. Need. <laughs> yeah. In, in, instant gratification or long-term gratification, but either way, it still has the same result in the end. And, you know, some of those longer-term ones have figured out that you can refine it yourself. And that's what they're doing. So I have a question for the table. Now go back from last week's episode with uh, deals with Fey. What would you prefer? Deal with Fey or deal with uh, Infernal? I would rather deal with Infernal. I'd rather deal with Fey. Well, you see, at least in Infernal, I know no matter how much an Infernal lies to me, smiles, shakes my hand, and you tries to butter up the deal, I always know what their end goal is. I have at least. No matter what infernal I'm dealing with, I know what they're after at the end game. A fey is just a... It's a wild card. It's a total wild card. For all I know, their end goal is to feed me, like, I don't know, burgers from Dick's Drive-In. That would or, awesome. or that awesome. rip my heart out and feed it to the dog. I don't know. That would or be to awesome. be completely be restructured into a living, air quotes, art piece. I have read that story. Yeah, yeah. I would actually go with the Fae, primarily because as long as you stay within the rules of the contract, you're fucking safe. Well, you see, I have this... No, you're not. No. We covered this. You covered this last week. That a Fae might make a deal with you to help feed you and whatever, but it starts transmogrifying you physically into another species. Yeah, you're safe, but guess what? Now, uh, you're no longer a Scaly. I'm sorry, you're a Furry. Congratulations, you got the wrong body. Or worse, you wake up in the morning and find out that your nuts are uh, resting on your forehead. Or we can go straight up, like, totally infernal and cross over in the face. You get boobs on your head. <laughs> and, you know, an out-of-work Saturday Night Live employee has to come over and make a movie about it. I just imagine <laughs> going to a rock concert with tits on your head and just start headbanging. That'd be horrible. <laughs> uh, would you give yourself a concussion? Like, <laughs> Okay, so I know it's because you're not that fat, but as a fat guy with I'm man titties, uh-huh. going downstairs too quickly, yeah. it's too much. If you get a headbang, yeah. you have this extra weight that is far from the center of gravity of your head, you will give yourself... Whiplash, more than likely. If not, you're gonna end up with these red spots all around where your head titty has hit you. And as a, don't go to a Slayer concert, man. As an old man who's encountered a lot of crazy shit through my life, yeah, I do understand that there are women out there who can give themselves a black eye without their hands if they move too quickly in a certain direction. God bless them. So having tits on your head would be a curse. I'm just saying. All right. As for my answer, I think I would also go with uh, head titties aside. I would also make a deal with the Fae. Although I do have this guitar here that I want to learn to play some pretty good. So, Well, it looks like I'm the only one siding with team. We're going to work together. Uh, no, I, I think I would side with Infernal. Okay. Like like you said, like it, you know what you're getting. You know what they're getting. Con- you know what the end goal is. You know that they're going to lock you down. And I, it's like signing a contract with Comcast. You know they're going to screw you. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, all there in the fight. Well, here's the thing. It's like if you die, though, then your soul goes to the, you know, fucking accounting department of Comcast, which must be the most depressing realm <laughs> I can think of. And if I die in it's a different kind of contract, I wind up in the Feywild not knowing what the hell is going to happen. 
you know, I, I would rather take my chances with the Feywild. And the Feywild, you know. in relation to dealing with Infernals, going to the Feywild is kind of like dealing with demons from the beginning. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but at least the Fae are going to be original about it. Yeah, they are going to be original. That and that's that's points. really the big draw. You know, and if you like become the favorite of one of the Fae or whatever, there's probably a better chance it won't end up completely shit for you. Whereas a demon will probably just mean he's going to make you scream even louder now. <laughs> that is true. At least the Fae use lube. And you know, yeah, the exactly. Is, sometimes yeah, unfortunately lube is made out of thistles. <laughs> <laughs> But it's better than nothing. True. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying, I... Is that a concrete prophylactic? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can show me those uh, demonettes of Slanesh titties any day, but uh, I am not going to her palaces when I'm dead. No way. Her palace of wonders. <laughs> she <laughs> has such sights to show you. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. There was, like, one... I can't remember, but I think some of the Grey Knights went there, and, like, these are the guys, like, the Space Marines who are specifically made to combat chaos and they're like we're never doing that again they almost lost faith faith in the emperor from being in her palace for too long <laughs> I, I would just have to say though these are the kind of questions that gm should ask themselves especially if they're going yeah. to go into a more demons devils and celestials kind of archetype game mm -hmm. you know, like what do the demons want with the souls because there's not really much in the way of information there as to why they want these souls so bad or why do they want to make deals so bad or why are celestials so nice about everything to a degree because they yeah. can actually be pretty dickish oh yeah rain yeah. hell from above yeah. plagues all that stuff but at least they promise you to drill a hole in the back of your head and install a halo and maybe you know drill a couple holes in your back and install wings to call it a well no see the, the worst part is old if you can look at it <laughs> They're not drilling holes in your head. They're just convincing you to go up and drink the Kool-Aid. Well, they're trying to convince you to drink the Kool-Aid. They're being really nice about it and everything. And they have, like, these weird songs of these women who dress up and say they get none, but they carry shotguns. I don't understand it, but... You know, for some reason, they keep trying to measure my thetans. Yeah, they keep trying to measure my thetans. Oh, fuck. You guys were going off on me about making the... <laughs> joke, but... Dude, at least... You know... I don't know, man. Just like I've heard about this, the the uh, anybody who wishes to send us hate mail, please address it to the moniker, and I will forward it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Spam filter activate. Dude, just because we're doing an episode about hell doesn't mean I want to wind up there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you already there. there. I mean, we already know all of us are going there at some point in our existence. I don't want to go. Yeah, to I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, no, no, no. If we really want to talk about having to go to hell, it's having to live in Portland. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Portland, San Francisco, Wait. or uh, anywhere around uh, Broadway and Seattle. Regardless, uh, Capitol Hill. That's what I'm trying to say. Our uh, our players in our games. When we do any kind of stuff like this, we do need to ask GMs think about why. Certain groups, certain demographics will have traditions like this. Mm -hmm. Why will they have such a rousing idea that we need to collect as many souls as we do? Because eventually some player out there is going to be like, I have a question. And you're all going to be left going, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Can we harmonize on that again? Okay there, Rockabilly. Hello! Uh, <laughs> this is where the operatics come in. <laughs> I pray to gods, whichever ones are listening, that our listeners are not wearing earbuds this week. Yeah, we probably <laughs> just pissed someone off right there. You uh, probably just lost us about half a dozen subscribers. <laughs> no, that's like three-fourths of our listeners. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Back for a day well, see, and fucking shit up. One of the fun things with, like, like we said before, ah, learn the. Oh, I'm sorry. Learn the rules of how things operate in your world and write them down, right? And fill in the gaps. Rules yeah. allow for creativity. Uh, well, they allow a structure to build off of. Yeah, that's what I meant. Scaffolding. Scaffolding, thank the, you. The you know, you can paint the nicest mini in the world, but if you don't have a base to put that mini on, it's just going to fall over and look like a dirt on the, on the table. Look at you coming up with the beautiful analogies today. Dude, I've been working on this. I'm trying to get into, you know, that wise man phase. Okay. Also, like I've been listening to C.S. Lewis. Okay, there you go. All right. Confucius say, Men who stand behind car get exhausted. 
but men who stand in front of car get tired. Yeah, it's not like mine now. It's just like, your chin looks like a shriveled scrotum. <laughs> That's about as clever as I can get right now. Well, it, uh, so one of the things with, with having the rules for how things work, think about what souls are used for. What, like, they're soul trap gems. We know this. Yep. You know, magic users use them as a fuel source, a spell component. They have to be sacrificed to something. I have to so. use them to recharge my magic items. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the fun things I've looked into is the whole thing of it becomes a food source. So if you have a bunch of souls and you can convince them to worship or torture them to the point where, you know, you're just bleeding them for the really watered down stuff, you can still refine that into the food source to feed the army of demons or, sorry, excuse me, supercharge a single demon into becoming a god eater. It's over 9,000! And, you know, like, even the Doom Mythos uses this as an idea, right? I, I just see a demon, like, cracking open a... Power bar. <laughs> yeah, very big dick fingers there. <laughs> Here, drink this. What is it? It's an energy drink made from refined souls of the damned. Demon power thirst. Demon thirst. Energy power. Energy power. When angels want you to stop, you say no and kick her with her power legs. It's brimstone flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh god! The door was open. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but you know that's one of the things is you know if it's if it's used as a power source, um, like you think about the old Greek gods, they had ambrosia, right? Food of the gods. They had nectar, the drink of the gods. Yeah, once it we was jello and marshmallows and fruit. It's delicious. Uh huh. And the other one is a weird mix of herbs that tastes different every time you drink it. Very true. Yeah, that, that would be that weird flower from uh, Polynesia, uh, Hawaii. Mm. I love that stuff. But but anyways, so when you look into even ancient times, they knew that the gods ate special god food. So you can simply use that as, well, that's what it is. The word. <laughs> Sorry, you said god food? I got a middle image of like somebody just shaking a ball and putting it on the ground and Gilgamesh just... Crawls up on all fours and starts eating his god food. <laughs> he starts like pecking at it like a chicken, looking around. Hey, Inky, what are you doing? I'm eating my god food. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing. There's uh, just like there's the Feywilds have their own food source, which mortals, regular folk, can't eat unless they are stuck there. But it's still a thing of you know, you can have that be what souls eventually give off, right? You can even look at it as a power source thing, where the souls radiate at a certain frequency and they have a way to convert and use that energy. Yep. So in the demonic ones, they need a lot more to try and get them to harmonize so that they work. And you can even go into the soul eater, which is an anime aspect, where they are literally eaten and consumed to power that thing soul. Actually, there How do you is... pass a soul? I, oh, well... You don't. Yeah. It's like passing a kidney stone... But with more screaming. On whose side? Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, there is an aside there to what you're saying about using these souls as an energy form. And it just, I just, I just remembered. <laughs> I'm old. Anyway, in my age-related stupor, I recall there was a game called Wraith the Oblivion. Oh, yeah. So I have that book. And in Wraith, souls were used... To construct things. Hmm. Which would also explain that if you translate this into like D&D or a similar game, where are all the demons and devils getting their swords? Their clothes. They don't grow farms. They don't mine. They, they don't, don't even harvest. take it off of the stuff they do raid. Yeah, they don't, they don't really take supplies from where they raid. But if they have some users who can take a soul and make an ashtray out of it and ashtray making class, well, then there's a use for souls. So they could use souls that they gather for common goods that they use in their own societies. Well, we can look at that from a 40k aspect. Well, not 40k specifically, but uh, Age of Sigmar lore. Sure. So the uh, Nagash, God of the Dead, his um, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, they literally strip the flesh off of bone and turn bone into molding clay and construct everything from the very constructs and soldiers they have to grand cities out of flesh and bone. 
Yeah. Well, not the flesh, just the bone. Flesh is more for chaos. But then you also have certain types where they will only take fossilized bone. And they are the hardiest, hardest to kill, but still a bit fragile. And that's just for me dipping my toe in the lore was finding this out. They specifically have machines that go through and flay the flesh off and rip it off like an old uh, bandage or something. Ah. So that's the most horrifying thing to think about on a battlefield is you have a machine going through like that one, uh, was it the the body eater robot they built? <laughs> Where, yeah, it goes through and just strips it of everything usable and tosses the rest out the bag. Yeah, so no. you have peeled banana skins of uh, human flesh all over the battlefield <laughs> but the bones are all in one giant wood chipper getting turned So what you're saying is that's really inefficient. So what you're saying is you have a combat like harvester combine just going through and it's being run by Mr. Skeletal. Yeah, it's just a pressure ball out in the wheat field. That's why they're my favorite army. I mean, the Necrons have the flayed ones, but that's way more aggro. I'll say though, like Every player, though, somebody's going to come up with a question, you better have an answer. Yep. Yeah. And you Sign know, this contract so I can take your soul. write down the answer you come up with for later reference. Yes. Yes. yes absolutely. Would you like to buy a Pinto? It works, I swear. All right. <laughs> well, you can buy a Nova. Just not in South America. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I feel like South America needs more helicopter rides. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, how often should Devils and Demons wind up in a uh, RPG? And I would say, personally, sparingly. Oh, yes, yeah. I'd agree. I agree. Yeah. They you look at them like colonoscopies. Very rarely. <laughs> Once Only a year. necessary. Well, it depends on the theme. If you're doing something whose whole entire theme is Angels vs. Demons, or whatever variant you're taking it with. A demonic incursion. Yeah, a demon war incursion. Then you're, you then you're dealing with a one a war campaign and two you're dealing with cannon fodder demons with your big bad evil one being still back at home doing his plotting. Okay, so what you're saying is basically like the plot of Doom. Elder Scrolls Four. Yeah, functionally. Functionally, Full Elder Scrolls Four is a bunch of the uh, grunt monkeys are coming through the portals while Mayor's Dagon is just waiting to make his big entrance. Exactly. And that is exactly, you know, there are, as we just saw, there are games and there are campaigns that are based around it. If that's what you're going for, use them. If that's not what you're going for, keep it really low, because demons, devils, and direct interference from celestial beings of any kind fucks with things a lot. It also really does up the ante as far as your game. Yeah. Like... If you're running around globetrotting as basically a mercenary group in your D&D game, introducing a couple of demons running around harvesting souls from what was previously a mortal war campaign to having demon influence just suddenly showing up, ups yeah. the ante. Yeah. It, it, it really does, and you know that's why you should save it for those moments where you, you need to up the ante, or you need to really, like, alright, now they're hooked, now they're hooked. Now we're gonna sink it. Oh, yeah. it's there's only so many bandits and goblins and other things that I can throw. That huh, a couple demons sound nice. Oh, it's great. Okay. Cult worshippers and oh look, they summoned the lesser <laughs> demon. All right, boys, enjoy. Yeah. It's it, it just sometimes it adds a little flavor. That that is a fair point. So the way I would try to use it, especially with you go extra planer. Yeah, you guys get dumped at the first level of hell, and the only way to exit. Through the tenth level. That, yeah. That's really mean, because you know what I'd do to your players? That's actually I would actually be very <laughs> nice about it. Your characters would wind up in an infinite plane of shit. About Literal. me deep. And all the people would be standing around, all the dead souls, just drinking coffee. Your characters would get given a coffee cup and just get to sip coffee while surrounded by just crap everywhere. Knee deep. Until about... 20, 30 minutes later when coffee breaks over and you gotta, like, get back to standing on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I would definitely love to run basically a 10 levels of hell, but that would have to be an upper level campaign. Well, doing a, the, like, any levels of hell campaign mm -hmm. wouldn't be a campaign in and of itself. It'd be like 
shit tons of dungeons. Because yeah. the realms, as you look at them, if you, no matter how you look at it, whether you're going with the classic view where there's nine levels of hell, or if you do like one planar realm of hell, it's equivalent size is that the same as the material world you're playing with. Yep. So, to Roughly, translate, that's an entire universe. Basically, it's the same amount of land space for your players to walk around on and do shit as mm -hmm. the world they came from. Yep. Well, no farming, agriculture, or resources. Although, uh, old man story. I, oh. Old oh, man oh. story. Because we're, we're talking Don't about... Don't drag the line. We're, 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 we're talking about oh. questing in uh, a, a world that's like hell, so... An inferno. An infernal, a plane. If one of your players does what one of my players does, you know your game is done. I started off the game, and it was a fake death scenario. Oh, oh, this one. oh, I, I fucking go to the water's edge and sit there. I and go one to the of the players went there. to hell, and yes, she went into a lake of acid, she crawled across obsidian shards for whatever reason, walked across a barren plain through a suicide forest, and found a town. And I described that the town had people in nets and sacks and bags being either whipped or transported or flogged or flinched by large red-skinned creatures. Baylors, Meriliths, imps, quasits, whatever. Just a, I big, just threw out a bunch bad, of... nasty... A bunch of big, bad, there. nasties. And I asked the player, what does she do? I go to town. That's what she said. I, I go to town. I as a GM went, what the fuck? You clearly don't know where you are. Okay. Not even a question. Well, obviously, when you're playing D and D, and you find this town to go to, you just walk right in to find an inn, regardless of what the clientele looks like. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So when you that was one of those five minute smoke breaks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a near permanent smoke break. <laughs> the shit I said on my 30 minute ride home, the shit I said after I got home, the shit I said for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Unfucking believable. <laughs> so, again, if you're running a Hellscape campaign, you also have to be sure that your player characters understand the concept. At the very least. so Because, you know, it's kind of an important it's, deal. It's kind of an important deal. I mean, deal. from the demon side, hey look, a free dweeb! They did, they actually did. Like, <laughs> And the worst part is, like, when she gets to town, one of them said, look, guys, fresh meat. And so I just random rolled a bunch of the local villagers who were all infernal beings rushing towards this one lone, naked, half-acid-eaten, partially eaten and she tries to start a fight with him that is like oh, that's like the fucking black knight from Monty Python <laughs> no, no 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 it's worse than that that is bending over showing your bare red ass and saying I dare you <laughs> do I actually have to talk about the bear sure Okay, fine. He, I think he did that as a seed because first round of combat opens up. She somehow magically wins initiative. I'm like, what do you do? She summons a bear and has it attack the nearest Merolith. The Merolith rolls because it crossed the threat. Um, threatened square. Threatened square. <clears throat> rolls to attack. Swim. Lops one of the bear's arms right off. The roll was just good enough to just disable the bear on the first round. Bam. I'm like, well, your bear got his arm cut off, and she's has the mental clairvoyance. Audacity? I won't say audacity. I'll say clairvoyance. She had the auspects. She was woke enough. To look at me and say, well, my bear's probably pretty angry right now. Oh, my God. Your bear just lost its complete morale. <laughs> your, your bear just lost its complete morale and is now bleeding out. It just had an arm lopped off the shoulder blade. That somehow made it angrier. This isn't the Hulk. <laughs> Hulk smash. Yes, the, the shit I said after I don't know. I'll, I'll save it for after the podcast. Well, what I'm saying is, 
if you do run a game and you plan on running a hellscape, make sure your players are fucking aware. Be of aware it. that your players are aware of it, be, you know, or have some concept of what hell is like in the game that you run or the D and D setting. Because once you start introducing celestials and demons, like I mentioned earlier, it raises the bar, especially when you start going interplanar. Yep. Yeah. Because now you're now you're playing 3D chess on a 5D playing board. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. 5D playing board, 3D chess. And then uh, multiplayer also adds a lot of extra work for the GM, even if it is only oh look, it's a fight between demons and devils. No. A lot. Oh okay. look, it's elementals versus other elementals. Those are fun. Oh, yeah. Or excrementals. Excrementals. <laughs> or yep. even worse yet, you get into the um Shambling House. No, no, even worse <laughs> than Shambling Mounds. So you know how in D D lore dragons hate elementals? Generally they have What happens them. when you have elder dragons well really they're uh, they're cataclysm dragons. They are imbued with the elemental powers, and they specialize. So there are earthquake dragons, typhoon dragons, flood dragons. And oh my god, looking at this write-up, dude, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but Wizard, was a Wizard magazine back in the day, like in the 80s, put this out for ad and I, I'm sorry, dude, I just totally went off <laughs> on a mental side tangent, and I realized oh. that all we need is one bald kid who can tame one of those dragons <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> God, uh, the, the last dragon bender. <laughs> uh, no, because if we put that out in the world, then there's going to be some ne- Netflix series about some underage drag queen running around. Yeah, he's uh, the last dragon bender. Oh, uh, dragon. Oh, I get it. Oh, I see what you're talking about, though. This would be the last dragon gender bender. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But if the dragon was also a transformer, then it would be the last. What would it be? The last. Dragon gender bender transformer? No. Well, the yeah. last dragon bender dark side of the moon? <laughs> gender bender. Fender bender. <laughs> All right. With more than meets the eye. <laughs> Whoa. All right, but we're going to have to film it all in the Philippines. Uh, oh. I, I don't know if I'm cool with that because Duarte has been acting a little bit weirder than normal lately. That's saying something. Yeah, it is. Boy, our first uh, episode's going along. Where are we at? Well, it, oh, please. It's like two minutes. So, I don't know. The biggest thing I gotta say is with Infernal is just think of the rule set, have an idea of what you want to do with them, and don't just start throwing them on random roll tables. Because you know what? It's cool that some villager accidentally summoned a demon because he really wanted that lemon pie off the shelf, but now the whole town has been plagued by the fucking man-bear pig. That's fun and all, but, you know, if you have that on a roll table... You use it, it, it gets, once. You, yeah, it, it gets old very, very quickly. Yeah, I think my final thoughts is that whether it's Celestials or Infernals, they are very complex beings within the roleplay setting, of course. Uh, outside roleplay setting, I haven't met any personally, but in roleplaying, they're complex beings and should be treated as such. So their motivations, their goals, their the way they treat other player characters... It should be very complex and leave the group up to guessing. I think my final thoughts on Devils, Demons, and the Infernal. Uh, you know, maybe guitar just wasn't for you. Maybe take up, uh, you know, woodwind or brass, something like that. <laughs> are, are you saying it's because he blows? Yeah. No, he's just saying throw the lights on, on with the inevitables. Yeah, exactly. So, the, the thing to keep in mind about Demons, Celestials, and other extra planar alignment based creatures devils, demons, celestials they're generally alignment based those guidelines are sort of a societal guideline so you will get weird exceptions you will get ones that act nicer even though they have meaner um, like I've seen angelkin that have been you know, the most polite son of a bitch, but they're the ones setting you up, not the demons. Just, there are just as many exceptions as there are rules. 
So it, my final take is, uh, you know, screw the t- guitar. I'd I, I, I like to play the drums. But, like, if you're going to use them, be careful. If you have decent players, they'll know how to turn it into their favor. I've done a couple of things with when the GM has summoned a demon, and I'm like, okay, you're my new best friend. But that's typically the kind of characters I play. So as, as, a, as a GM, is you, you have to think hard about when you want to intru- introduce it. And you don't want to introduce it too early because most uh, demons and infernals are kind of high up there on the CR. Kind of. Kind of. A little bit. Wait, that we didn't say our outro. We didn't sign off. All right. It's all over. Blasphemous signing off. Game Goblin, go back to my crypt. Hazard are coming? Back to the skies. The moniker, bye! Heading back to his workshop. And his name is John C. <laughs>